Welcome to the 49th Meal Podcast. My name is Mitchell Howe and I am your host. I'm going to take you along a journey throughout the state of Alaska where we will meet the men and women that make the food that you love. All right, everybody, welcome to the 49th Meal Podcast. Today we are here at Bleeding Heart Brewery to find out about brewing some beer. I know uh, we've had a couple of fans request that we speak to them, so they were nice enough to let us come down. I will let them introduce themselves and we will save the strippers and wings for the behind the scenes. <laughs> Round two. Round two. Round yeah. two. Uh, I'm Stefan. I'm the co-owner and uh, co-founder and head brewer and just all around great guy. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, Zach Lanfear, uh, co-owner, founder uh, and marketing maven. And I'm uh, Mason Mintern, executive chef and loyal vagabond. <laughs> what got you guys started with uh, brewing beer? A uh, long time ago, uh, I was seeing this girl and she got me one of those plastic garbage tote things, uh, the Mr. Brew, uh, Mr. Beer, Mr. Kit, beer kit. Mr. Beer Kit, and uh, it tasted like garbage because I clearly had no idea what I was doing. And so um, it was a couple of years later, probably 2010, that um, my friend Darren was like, hey, I made some beer. And I was like, yeah, well, I've, I've, I've been here before. I like, made some more Mr. Beer. So I, I had some of his, I was like, oh, this actually tastes like beer. Uh, I would like to do this with you. And so we started brewing beer in the garage, um, cooking hot dogs on the same burner that we were making the beer with. So it was a dual burner, so it was like you, you'd cook on one side and you make beer on the other, so we're cooking moose hot dogs. And, uh, <laughs> really high-tech Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> we, we had, a, we had a, a system where we would pull the grain out because it was partial mash, and then we'd take two cutting boards and squeeze all the goods out of the cutting boards. It was the, the mammogram method. And uh, <laughs> we, we made a lot of beer. And so Stefan uh, was living next door to me at the time. And uh, he came over and I was like, hey, I made some beer. Would you like to drink it? And it, uh, he was like, what do you mean you make beer? And I was like, oh yeah, I made this. And it's, this is my IPA. And it's like a 15% barley wine. And I'm like, oh, this is my stout. <laughs> it's like a 15% barley wine. Here's my lager. It's also a 15% barley wine. And uh, <clears throat> so he started, uh, he was like interested and went and did the smart guy thing and bought some books and started reading about brewing. And uh, well, I was, I, was, <laughs> I was shocked that I was just super like blown away that you could, you could make your own alcohol, first of all. Like, you know. You were 19. Some, yeah, I definitely was, yeah. I was definitely not, I, of, drinking not of drinking age. Well, <laughs> the guy next door is giving you beers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh my god, you could just you could just fucking make this by yourself. What a what a scam buying alcohol is. <laughs> so yeah, I had him show me, quote unquote, show me how to brew. Um, One time. <laughs> realized quickly that he didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went and I went and looked up a bunch of like. You know, they have uh, actual brewing courses, and I think UC Davis has a really great program down there. Looked up their, their required reading list and bought the books for that, and um, didn't understand any of the words in them, but like, looked at the pictures and kind of figured <laughs> out what I was doing, but uh, 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's kind of how I got into it, was because he was bad at it, and <laughs> I wanted to be better. Yeah, it didn't take long. It didn't take long uh, at all. Actually, the first batch that we brewed together, mm. we, we called it, if you can't buy it, brew it, and it was a coffee porter, which ended up being the uh, recipe for our, that we use now for Grounds for Grounds Coffee. Yeah. Grounds for Divorce, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the, that's the backstory. Every one of our beers has some, for the most part, has some weird backstory uh, to it. But we were brewing in the garage together for Two a couple years. of years. Yeah. yeah, a few years. And we had a lot of people like, come, hey, could you make a beer with such and such? Or could you make a beer? What, we're, um, our friend Eric Christensen was doing a motorcycle ride and uh, wanted to do a, 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 a Doppelbach. Yeah, like a German style, you know, Doppelbach. Because he was doing this BMW ride. And so he was actually the first person to give us money to make a beer for, for him. And that's uh, my my wife had been telling us, like you need to you need to do this. This is this is a big thing. You guys are good at it. Uh, there, she really pushed us forward to start the brewery essentially. And so we decided to do a Kickstarter and said, well, if this makes up us the money we need, then we will take this seriously. Otherwise, it's just a fun <laughs> thing to do together. So. We ended up doing a Kickstarter, uh, raised three times the amount of money that we thought we needed, which was good because we needed way more than that. <laughs> and uh, we, we, our thank you video literally was like, look what you did. Look what you made us do. Now we have to start a brewery. Like, you, we have to do this now. Uh, yeah, she, she was super supportive and, and everybody, we've always said we're, we're a brewery built by a community. Everybody that has been part of this journey um, has been integral in our founding and integral in our in the uh, mistake that is we yes yeah <laughs> learn by fucking up first yeah. that's our that's our mantra uh, and so then we officially opened legally opened uh, April tw uh, 2016 but we okay. we moved for we were brewing under Bleeding Heart Brewery in 2014 and beyond because we were just doing test batches and home brewing it was still. The way you say legally open makes it sound like <laughs> there's a little speakeasy. Yeah, we were doing some shady. Yeah, yeah, come up to the garage door, yeah. tap twice, wait three seconds, tap again. Yeah, I mean, kinda. <laughs> we, no, no. We, no, 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 no. We never for legal want, purposes. For legal purposes, let me confer with my lawyer. Yeah. We never once charged anybody for beer. We, yes, that is true. That is true. That is we true. never once charged anybody for beer. Whether or not we Even had to this day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the honor system. <laughs> <laughs> Suggested tip amounts? Yes. Yeah. Charge somebody's card? Nah. No. 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 Yeah. No. And what has been some of the challenges? I know uh, you said you, you, you got founded on Kickstarter. That's pretty cool to see. I mean, you see it in the big cities, but to actually see it up here, see it run successfully. We, we, were, we were the first Alaskan brewery to do a Kickstarter. Yeah. That Su is awesome. Successfully. <laughs> yeah. And what's been some of the challenges of starting up here compared to somebody, say, like Seattle or Texas, in the lower 48s that just decides they want to start a brewery? Because I know everything's harder in Alaska. Yeah, might be smaller in Texas. Oh, I mean bigger, but it's harder in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's challenges everywhere, but 
the licensing process and also the, uh, the stipulations that the Alaskan state has on on microbreweries is just draconian. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's actually the the worst in the entire United States. We uh, we can't be open past 8 p.m. Uh, we can't serve more than 36 ounces per person per day. Uh, no music, no, no entertainment, yep. no games. Uh, nothing that would convince you to spend more time here than filling a growler and leaving. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Their prohibition rules, essentially, and nothing has, they haven't changed. Yeah. And I, there really is no other state that has those laws. I mean, I think uh, Montana has a, a, an ounce limit, and I think Utah has like an ABV limit. But they don't have water beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, oh, Utah. Well, I think it has to be less than three percent because just, of the Puritan laws. Or it something. just. I think it just increased to six and a half. If if, if you buy a meal with them, <laughs> like that's a legit thing. You have yeah. to buy food or else you can't drink a beer. Like, yeah. it's, anyway. See, it was funny because I know Oklahoma has water beer, and I worked in the oil fields there. So every time somebody was going back down to Texas. Get some good you, you, the whole crew would be just handing them hundred dollar bills. Just buy as much as you can. Buy as much as you can. Yeah, not to not to you know shoehorn the, uh, the the food thing, but we're actually super stoked that we got to start serving food because um, for the longest time, speaking of laws, the people that run the government organizations that license people don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> we were told so many total bullshit lies about this industry that, yeah, anyway. So we, for the longest time, thought that you were not allowed to serve food unless you were considered a brew pub, which is a different license, which limits you in other ways. Turns out, that's horseshit. You can totally have food as a brewery as long as you get DEC approval and, like, a health... Health inspection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> kitchen inspection. So yeah, yep. so we, we opened this new location with a kitchen with Mason doing uh, doing some fancy foods and appetizers. Hi, <laughs> uh, Mason, you want to tell us about that? What you got on the menu and kind of uh, how that journey's going? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the journey's going great. Um, been in kitchens in Alaska since I was 17, washing dishes, riding my bike from my mom's house in the Butte. Um, <laughs> and went to Juneau um, after I ended up uh, running the L House when I was 21. And by the time I was 24, I was working under a chef, uh, Lionel Utipa in Salt in Juneau, uh, who has worked in Michelin star restaurants and who just drilled it in me every single day. Taste your food, taste your food, yep. experiment, try, <laughs> go forward. You know, don't become complacent. So that's kind of the idea here. Uh, every week we're putting a new menu item on. Um, I'm experimenting as much as I can with baking breads and with pickling and, and everything. Just seeing A, what the people like, B, what I'm good at. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's kind of the concept going forward. A lot like the beer that's ever changing, I want the menu to reflect that as well. Um, and we're, we're just, we, Zach and I have really, I mean, I like to cook at home but I have no real kitchen experience, and Zach just makes meat, basically. That's what he's doing. <laughs> uh, so we've, we've totally let Mason just run with, with what he wants to do here. Meat, um, salt, garlic. 
onions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but it's it's been it's been so dope having him experiment. Speaking of which, did we check to see if the black garlic is turned off? Oh, I haven't yet. Okay. I'll, 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 you, you talking, I'll go and check. I thought it was supposed to be on for like a month. Yeah, but the, the instant pot has a timer. So. Yeah. Um, I actually. That's funny because I just started uh, fermenting a batch of garlic. Oh, nice. That's where my background is, is in kitchens. Yeah. And uh, I found, it was funny because I found a chef that I love her work. And she messaged my wife to learn how to crochet of all things. Yeah. And I was like, hey, tell her you'll teach her how to crochet if I can apprenticeship under her. And for like three months, I'd show up every day and she's like, I don't need anyone. I'm like, that's nice. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> and finally got started with her. And yeah, she was the same way. Like every week through the apprenticeship, we had to make our own dish, mm-hmm. had to taste it, break it down. And at the time, I hated it. Yeah. But now, working for some less reputable places, you can tell the difference. Oh yeah. In, in the cooking. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I think even at home cooking, that's such a vital thing. Push yourself every week. Try, you know, as you're cooking, taste as you go. Don't taste at the end. <laughs> you know, the old adage in cooking, you can always add, you can never take away. I mean, that concept goes through not only in a restaurant, not only in a Michelin star kitchen, but at home as well. So that's also something that we apply here in the brewing site as well. Like you can always add flavors on the back end, but if it's if it's too, you know, whatever, you, you're fucked. Like that's a that beer yeah. is going down the drain. Yeah. Uh, so. Which we've done. <laughs> Which if you haven't done, I don't think you're trying hard enough to be yeah. honest with you. And now back to the brewery side, how does that work? Um, deciding what flavors you guys want to do or there, is there it is just kind of wake up, ha- had a random dream of a flavor and say, let's go do it. There are no processes. <laughs> I have probably easily 300 beer names written down that don't have any, like, I, I don't know what they're going to be. Some of them I, I have written down, like, some flavor profiles. But I, I just name a bunch of beers uh, that we don't have or haven't made. And then every once in a while, I'm like, hey, man, I, here's here's a name, and here's what I'm thinking would be in it. Uh, or... That's really generous. It's, <laughs> it sounds like that Dave Chappelle skit where he writes a punchline and then tries to right. figure out exactly what it is. I'm like, here's a name. Do a thing. Do a thing. Make a beer that like is around this name. This idea. This, I got this. Co- oh, I was telling him I because they just write down uh, today driving here. I wrote uh, coffee, coffee god and cigarettes. And I think there's something. I don't know. I don't know. Coffee God and cigarettes. There's something. I don't know. I wrote it down on my way here. And I don't know at all how that will uh, translate into a beer, but I just like the the Coffee God and cigarettes. I like like threes. I like. You like alliteration. I like alliteration. So there's some, there's something there, but if I don't write it down, then I forget it and it's gone forever. That's, Even if it's good that it's gone forever, yeah, I need to write it down. That's that's kind of Zach's mo though, just like a random thought. Hey, make something good out of this, you know? Even <laughs> even in the kitchen, he's just like, what, hey, what about pork belly? <laughs> hey, what? Can we can we do something with pork belly? 
Yeah. Wait a month. I've been out of Hey, so this is really good, but what about pork belly? Yeah. I, I really like pork belly, and I just have this, this, I know it'll be good. Not knowing any of the processes to curing pork belly yeah. or to purchase pork belly. So you're also getting the same type of thought process yeah. that I give to him. Now, what about pork belly? Well, what did we do? We had two different tapas. We had the, the vegetarian one and the meat one. And like within, I mean, it was our first day, and I was like, "Hey, what if we put both of those together? I want, I want to top it with everything." And to his credit, it was bang. It was, it was bang. And now it's on the menu. <laughs> to, to, yeah, to his sad, sad, <laughs> his undeserving credit. Yeah. So, kind of on that same vein, he, Zach, we let him. I say let very. Yeah. Specifically, yes. <laughs> we let him brew a beer once a year called Sasquatch, and what that usually ends up being is a base recipe that he just fucks up. <laughs> just, just starts, just starts running into the cooler, finding whatever the hell he can pull off the shelf, throwing it in the beer, and what pisses me off is that every single year, it's awesome. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. It's a great beer. And it makes me upset because nothing matters if that beer can be good. And I'm, I'm trying my best. Oh, it's crying. Uh, one year, well, I found wormwood. I was like, yeah, put some wormwood in it. I like, found a number 10 can of old expired peaches. One so, gold <laughs> pan of crab apples. <laughs> one pint glass of dark malt. Dark malt, yeah. yeah. What kind? I don't know. I it was, was dark. dark. It was yeah. dark. So just right dark. Yeah. So he's got a very meticulous uh, plan. When he does a recipe, it's it's beautiful. Everything's labeled and written out. And then mine, which we've shown pictures, it's just whatever additional thing is just <laughs> scribbled up practically with crayon. Yeah. I think some of them actually are written in crayon. Or I've just written, uh, I also want to do this, or I add this. We had somebody that had grown some hop vines and brought them to the brewery, and I went and jerked them out of the pot and threw them into the boil. Yes, it turned out amazing. <laughs> Turns out good every time. So to circle back around to your question, <laughs> there is no process. <laughs> there is no process. Depends on what day of the week it is and yeah. what Zach finds yeah, exactly. later out. Yeah. Well, and, and now, now we also, uh, I think about two years after we opened, we hired a, uh, another brewer named Rick. I, I mentioned that to you earlier. He, he's also that, of that same like, hmm, what kind of crazy shit can I come up with today? <laughs> His but is a bit more calculated. It, oh, for sure. Well, his is researched. Yeah. yeah. That's the difference. <laughs> but he is a dark wizard of some sort. So I, don't, I do not. <laughs> yeah. I, I love him. I don't know if I trust him. <laughs> we, we, me and Mason were joking yesterday that he just walked out of the bog somewhere <laughs> at the age that he currently is. <laughs> yeah. And now, how much beer do you guys do a year? That's going to change now that we have bigger equipment. Uh, what was our, I was just looking, I think last year, well, th this year doesn't count, uh, because we were closed, we were closed. Most of it, yeah. um, but I think last year we did a hundred barrels, maybe 150, I 150. Think. yeah, because the year prior, because we jumped, we escalated. So I think it actually ended up being a 165 barrels in 2019. 
And so to give you some context, I mean, we were doing that on single barrel batches. So when, when we say- Those are the smaller- Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. When we say 165 batch barrels, that means each one of those was a single batch that we created. Whereas now, I've brewed five, no, I've brewed seven times and I've already done a quarter of what we used to do in a year. You know, yeah. it's- Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, and now uh, obviously this year has been a hot mess for everyone Yeah, with the COVID. How has the pandemic affected you guys and uh, what's been the response from the community? Well, I mean- I, I found the numbers. Oh, what's, <laughs> sorry, what's, what's the exact- So it was 150 barrels sold in 2018, 167 barrels sold in 2019. Thanks for clearing that. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> actually, uh, 166.89. Oh, but, but you know, <laughs> that's why I have to, I have to do that stuff for the government. So I've got all that, all that data. Anyway, pandemic. <laughs> Back to the pandemic. So yeah. <laughs> um. So we ended up closing our doors at the old location, um, almost an exact year ago. It was December 31st, 2019. Um, so, but that was already a pre-planned thing and that was before shutdowns and things started to happen. Uh, so we, you know, I don't want to credit the reasons that it happened, but it definitely could have been worse for us. If, if we were still actively trying to be open, it would have been rough. No. We, um, we closed to the public, but we still con continued to brew. So in 20, this year in 2020, for the first few months of 2020, that's the, uh, the glycol solenoid turning on that everyone's hearing in the background. Sorry. <laughs> uh, in, in those first few months of 2020, we were still producing. And so we were able okay. to get into a bunch of markets that we couldn't prior to. So we ended up being on tap in like 30 some odd places across, uh, the, state, across yeah. the state. And then come March, April, when things started to shut down, a lot of those places weren't doing different. We couldn't distribute anymore. Uh, because all of our accounts were closed. Uh, so we opened up on the farm again for get-and-goes and, and grab-and-go beer. Uh, so we really were able to flex, and, and I think the word for 2020 is pivot. We were able to <laughs> pivot uh, and do something um, else. So, so we were able to limp along. All the while, we're trying to get this whole place up and running, Sorry. and we have zero dollars. Well, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily zero dollars. It would have been, so the reason we made it is because right as things were shutting down, we were in the process closing on a loan to start the construction for this. Project. Okay. So we kind of got this big injection of money right as our other right money now, yeah. stopped. Which for the was, build. Yeah, for the build, which was really fortuitous. Um, not not to you know like be happy about people dying in a pandemic and everything but we also got corona money uh which helped in the construction and transition as well uh limped uh mason along as well as um a couple of our other employees you know with the unemployment and stuff like that so it yeah it could have been a lot worse for us i, I like to complain but it was it, it wasn't as been. bad as it could have been it could have been way bad mm -hmm. yeah so I mean we yeah. we expected to start open. we expected when this whole process when we planned on moving from the farm to here we we started planning for that back in August of 19 18 no, sir. 
Oh, yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, July, August, sometime in there, we right, put right, out right, a video. Yeah. We're moving to the Alaska Picker Building. Yeah. We yeah. were moving forward with the loan. We were doing all this stuff, uh, expecting to close at the end of the year and then reopen here in time for our four-year anniversary, which is in April. And then that obviously got derailed. And then with with the pandemic, all of the entities that we're supposed to talk to, they're all working from home. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's responding to phone calls, nobody's responding to emails, like everything got prolonged because of that. So we're happy to still, we, we just kept telling people, 2020, we'll open in 2020. <laughs> yeah. When do you think you'll open? 2020. Like never gave anybody a date, thankfully. As long as it was before December As long as it, that's yeah. all that matters to me. <laughs> Don't make me a liar. 2020. Yeah. Even if it's the end of December 2020, we're going to freaking open. Yeah. The, uh, again, to circle back to your question, the, the community has been, as always, huge. Oh. They've obviously been expressing interest throughout the entire process. We've been trying to feed them with um, our progress and keeping them involved in the, you know, the whole, I guess, the moving process and the construction process and stuff like that. And man, as soon as we, I mean, we haven't had an official grand opening yet. That's happening, that's happening next weekend. Um, but grander than our grander, grander. Yeah. <laughs> our, our our soft opening, and since then has just been the, the response has been. People, people were a little skeptical about you know not being on a farm anymore, but it's it's been pe people have really enjoyed it and and, and expressed that. Mm -hmm. So, and I've just also been extremely thankful for their willingness to wear masks when they're ordering, and yeah. no one's complained about it. Everyone's been extremely respectful in that regard, which is awesome in, in my opinion. I yeah. think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's no like mandates here, but we, you know, people have been. We just really asked. Yeah, we yeah. Say, hey, just, you know, be respectful. Yeah, yeah. See, and that's the way I, I look at it, you know, is I, I'm constitution loving patriot is the next person. If a business, if I want to use that business to service and they want me to wear a mask, they make me put on underwear and pants to go, well, I'm not <laughs> underwear, but they, they still make me put on pants and a shirt to go right. in their yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. So, Really, it's no different. Yeah. Wow, what a shockingly logical way. <laughs> <laughs> and now, um, have you guys been doing uh, like to-go food? And, yep. Mm -hmm. And how, how's that been going for you guys? Uh, it's been going good. It's been, you know, obviously, we've only been open about a month. And, um, you know, we still have people coming in going, oh, you guys serve food now? You know? <laughs> um, so every week that we're open, we're seeing more people coming in for the food and the beer instead of just for the beer, which I think is awesome. Um, and also, you know, we they, we definitely have a couple of regulars who they come in, they get a growler, and they get some food to go. And, you know, that's that's their their dinner, their nighttime, you know, so um, definitely we want to push that even more that we do have to go and that, I mean, we can be as accommodating as any other place in that regard, you know. I, th I think we're going to slowly start, um, I mean, you have to talk with the marketing people, but uh, <laughs> I think we're going to start, you know, showing people what we're doing now that we kind of have the kitchen, you know, figured out a little bit. Um, actually posting photos and saying, hey, look what we're doing. Yeah. You, if you want to, you know, get a crowler in a box of yeah. food, just call and we'll bring out the car. Just call Yeah. yeah. <laughs> call you know, so that, I think that's going to be something that we're going to slowly uh, incorporate more and more as, you know, 
until the world slowly gets back to a normal position. <laughs> yeah. So, no, so maybe in time for our fifth year anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. <laughs> no, I remember working in kitchens. The girls were just like the bane in my existence. Yeah. Because you spend all this time like plating and laying out a beautiful meal just to throw it in a styrofoam box. And yeah. It's just like. No, you're killing a piece of my soul. And that was before the pandemic. Yeah. Right. So it was just like, no, you're just killing a piece of my soul. Well, and, you know, during the pandemic, um, I was working in another kitchen where, you know, we started instituting, you know, like DoorDash and Grubhub and stuff like that, <laughs> where it went that 65, 70% of our business was to go, you know, to the point where I would assume I was putting food in a box kind of concept. <laughs> where, you know, where, at, where was that? At the grill. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, because pandemic hit and, you know, they told us like, hey, we, we're not allowed to be open anymore, right. only for takeout food. But, you know, at that point we had a staff of 10 cooks slash prep cooks and dishwashers oh, and yep. 10, 15 <laughs> front of house staff that all had to be let go. I ended up doing housekeeping because it was attached to a hotel. So I was just doing housekeeping, keeping myself afloat until they started introducing me back into the kitchen. Damn. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that whole, I'm, I feel for every chef and cook and dishwasher and anybody out there during this time, because it's fucking tough. Yeah, I, I mean, I was working up on the North Slopes in the kitchens up there. Yeah. When I think first started, and we went from 450 people at the camp down to less than 100 yeah. in like less than a week. They just started sending everyone. Yeah. And we had between, because we did 12 hour shifts, so we had AM, PM. Mm -hmm. And we had about 15 to 20 people on each shift at different spots in the kitchen. And it went down to four or five people. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much just in the survival mode. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> in that time, you're not only cooking and you know, doing orders, but you're also cleaning the kitchen. You're also doing all the dishes. You're doing, doing that inventory that you've been putting off for the last three yeah. months. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it really pushed everyone, not only if they were still working, but man, they had to work even harder. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, it's, yes. Yeah, Alaska is going to be a different place in, in, in a year because, you know, I, I think a statistic that I read at the beginning of this was something like 17% of all restaurants and bars are closing for good. It's, no. it's, oh, up, yeah. to, it's up to 30. Well, no, I mean, 30% we, uh, of small businesses just in general. in general will essentially shut their doors for good. Well, I mean, we went, we, so when we first moved up to Alaska in 2017, we, we moved to Sitka down in Southeast mm -hmm. and lived and worked there and they lost, I mean, their tourists, their cruise ships are 85% of their yearly business. Yeah. Yeah. And they all lost that. And yeah. we, I still talked to the owner of the pub that I worked at. And he's like, I, I don't know what, what we're doing next year. He goes, we, once our lease is up, I don't know if we're, it's even going to be worth right. coming back. Because, you know, even when they get the vaccine, it ain't like there's going to be 10,000 people running to a carnival cruise no. to go sit on a cruise ship. Yeah. No. So it'll be interesting to see that long term. Yeah, and that's that's what I mean. Here, where we're at, uh, again, we I said it before. We our we are a brewery built by a community. We have beer brewed by a community. Uh, it's only because of the community here. Tourism is great, but we are limped along, and essentially we are kept alive because of the community that has 
has invested not just money, but they're they're just they've invested who they are in the success of our business. Not and only, not only us, but every business that has been succeeding in Palmer is because of the because of the people of Palmer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't say enough good things. I mean, I grew up in this town. I, I love Palmer. Yeah, and I love the people here that have really kept all these businesses going. And, and I, I mean, With I can attest to that off the podcast because I did. I put out a day. I've only done one brewery interview before this one, and that was at the very beginning. And I put out a thing. I'm like, hey guys, what's some breweries you guys want to hear from? And I had at least three or four listeners say Bleeding Heart. Sweet. Because I mean, I, I've I've seen uh, you guys' Facebook and stuff, but. Until this last year, and then the pandemic hit, I hadn't been able to travel and actually learn much because I was working on the Alaska Railroad. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I haven't been able to get out too much. And then, like I said, I had three or four different people from completely different sectors of town. They're like, hey, you, guys, you should hit up Bleeding Heart. And uh, so it was like really cool to see my personal community reach out like that to yeah. recommend you guys. Yeah. And now, where can people, speaking of social media, where can people find you guys on social medias? That's a tough one. <laughs> we're, on, um, we're on Facebook, obviously. We, uh, we've become pretty well known for our ridiculous videos that we make. And so they're <laughs> on Facebook and on YouTube. So we have a YouTube channel. Uh, we have a Twitter. We have uh, Instagram. Um, we have the Untapped. If, if, you're, if, you're on, if you're one of those guys that are rating beers, uh, be kind. <laughs> and then, uh, I think that I think that's it. I'm pretty sure. Twitter I'm, I'm is the ones that you know of. At, right. <laughs> so, oh, I think I think you have a Reddit account through Bleedheart somehow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, that's it's, not my. That's not my world. world. That's my porn account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stefan has a what is it, fans only? Uh, only uh, only fans. Only fans. <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I try to do that, but they they want to they'd only pay me to put it back on. Well, I mean, that's still money. You're still though. getting I'll money. Take, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Watch yeah. me put clothes on. <laughs> there's probably a market for it. Oh, probably. I'm sure there's a market for it. Uh, Twitter is at Bleed for Brew. Uh, Facebook is at Bleeding Heart Brewery. And uh, Instagram is at Bleeding Heart Brewery with spaces. Awesome. And if uh, our listeners, if you click up on the show icon wherever you're listening to this at, it will take you to our show notes, and we will have all of those links in our show notes. So is there anything else you guys just want to let our listeners know about, and about either yourselves, the brewery, or anything you got coming up? What else we have? Oh, one thing we didn't ask about. Uh, what are your hours that you guys are open? So we are, uh, after this coming weekend, we're adjusting our hours to go Wednesday through Sunday, 2 to 8, uh, okay. across the board. Uh, and then all of our information, if you, you can give us a call, all of our information can be found obviously on Google and Facebook. Um, give us a call and, and uh, if we're open, we'll answer. And I gotta say, that is the coolest phone ever. <laughs> I seen stuff on earlier before we started the interview. We, we heard the phone ringing and we all kind of looked around because we could hear him talking. He's standing in a phone booth. Like actually, and we'll put pictures up of it. It's an actual like old school phone booth. Yeah, that <laughs> phone booth came from the naval station in Adak. Nice. So it's not a pay phone. It's a collect call phone. So you'd have to call. You'd have to collect call or have somebody <laughs> call you. You couldn't pay. Yeah. So it's a it's a actual working 
phone booth. Uh, we even, it's, it was an iconic thing at the farm, so we made sure we brought it over. That is, when you call here, that's the phone that rings, and whoever's nearest has to answer. <laughs> yeah. So there's a little script that says, please, you know, Bleeding Heart Brewery, state your name. How can I help you? So we've got people who are patrons that are like standing over there that, oh, hey, this is Steve. Like, <laughs> I, hey, are you guys open? Yeah, they're open. Okay. <laughs> Our address is written there. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. That's a unique. And it's up to the crew working to yell at the people to answer the phone. <laughs> answer the phone! Get the phone! Just, I mean, if you want to come in and check the place out, do it. Um, if not, if you want to just try our beers and, and, uh, and have some good food, just give us a call or, or shoot us a message on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, we'll try and accommodate anything. Yeah, Facebook is usually the best way to get a hold of us because we, we both have the apps and we both can see it. And we get notifications. Like, hey, talk to Savon or talk to the yeah. And now I have to ask, we'll, we'll go around the table. What is your favorite beer? Okay, you're gonna have to be more specific. Just what is your favorite beer here? Oh man. Like if, uh, if somebody- Right now? Right now. The beer we have on right now. How many beers do you guys have on at any given time? Oh. I guess that's pretty, a pretty so, good question to ask. A, a minimum of four and a maximum of 12. Right now, we okay. have, right now we have 12 beers on tap, one soda, one kombucha. And, and then the nitro. And then, oh no, oh no, and, and so, the um, uh, seltzer one. Seltzer, yeah. yeah. And then tw and 12 beers, so. Yeah. Right. Is that a home brew can... soda or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we make our we, own soda. We, we brew it in house. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I can tell you right now the beers that we have on my favorite is Rotten Hood. Rotten Hood is an old school Burton that's aged in a bourbon barrel. It's like what, twelve percent? No, it's like nine. Nine. Yeah. Still pretty good, even if it's not twelve. <laughs> um, that's that's very reminiscent of the type of beer I used to make. Uh, except way better. So overall, <laughs> yeah. overall, I would say one of the best beers I think you've made is I think Schmerple Heart is. Oh yeah. Schmerple Heart is probably my favorite. It's a it's a New England style IPA that we had actual purple uh, local purple carrots from Vanderbilt Farms. Oh. And it's it's beautiful. It's it's like nine. Eight or nine. Eight or nine. Uh, easy drinking. Very smooth. It's get the the carrot flavor in there. Adds uh, a uniqueness to it. It's it's to me uh, is my favorite. It's probably the, the best beer I think that we make. Uh, oh, oh, the beer that's named after my Purple Hearts. My favorite. Purple Hearts. <laughs> oh, I was I expected that to, <laughs> to be the rebuttal. Yeah. 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 I mean, I didn't say Sasquatch is my favorite beer. Yeah. The beer I make is I my favorite. I honestly could. I was expecting that. <laughs> I think right now, I'll, I'll do both too. I think right now my favorite beer on tap is um, the Australian Piggyback. It's a Pinot Grigio grape juice, Alaskan honey, blonde braggot. Ooh. And it was aged in a tawny pork cask for, I think, five months. So it's got a nice little bit of a wine characteristic, a red wine characteristic to it as well. That sounds really interesting. Um, all time, I would have to say, just because it's one of my favorite to make, um, it's a beer called Publicity Stunt. Uh, it's a sour New England style hazy IPA. So it's 
Um, it basically tastes like you're drinking grapefruit juice. It's got the sourness, but it's got that really citrusy forward hop profile. Huh. I really okay. like that one. Uh, for right now, I'm going to stick with a flagship, the Beat IPA that we have. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's been a flagship since they've opened. That's been a beer I've drank at their brewery since they've opened, and I'm still not tired of it. Chill, chill, chill. All time, uh, what was the name of that Saison we brewed? Oh, uh, uh, Shantytown. Shantytown. Uh, I forgot about oh, Shantytown. Oh, yeah. He brewed a, a just spicy, clean Saison that I I was addicted to. I'd come in <laughs> the minute they were open, and I would get my <laughs> fill, and then get a growler of it, and come back the next day and get it again. Even, I, even before it was on tap, we would go into the Connex cooler and hook up a tap so <laughs> he and I could have like just a glass of it before it was released in the yeah, public. Yeah, I, uh, I probably drank half of that cake myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite of all. Time. I mean, I don't on Untapped. I think it says we've done like 160 different beers. Uh, so there's there's a lot, there's a lot to choose. From. I've I've forgotten a lot of. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I drink a lot. He's building that list up. So when when you want to do a throwback, you got plenty. To oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> when we opened here, I went and printed off the top like. 40 beers the top rated 40 beers and like here's some things that we can bring back that we can do now five barrels of instead of one barrel um and the the most popular beers we've done so nice. we're definitely going to be able to incorporate those and then we can still keep making like single small batch pilot beers and find out if they're good if people like them and, and that'll mainly those beers will mainly be had in-house they'll only be in -house. yeah because there's Two kegs. Two kegs. Okay. And so the big batches will be available for distribution, but the small batches will be available here. And then you can get it to go. So so we're, uh, speaking of distribution, I guess that's a really good question to ask about is, if people can't make it to the brewery, where else can they try your beers at? Most places are here in the Valley right now because Anchorage is kind of shut down. I know Tent City in Anchorage has some, La Bodega in Anchorage has some. Um, and they're both doing beer to go. Uh, and then locally, uh, the Ale House, uh, Four Corners has four beers on tap. Uh, Everett's. Everett's has, geez, I think three or four now on tap. Um, Trout, House. Trout House always has the Blonde. Locals has had the Beat. So we, yeah, there's, there's a handful of places around town that you can get us to. Well, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And um, we're excited to look forward to what you guys got coming up next chef mason we will try to keep an update on different menus specials that you're coming out with and oh keep yeah those. i mean every, every week it'll be something new <laughs> <laughs> well thank you all very much hey thanks for coming yeah. out man thank you for listening to my daddy hugh ladle